Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yeah, presented by Progressive Insurance, Dave Rothenberg, live in a second on the Goodyear Hotline. Nuno, am I reading this right? Is Evan Engram the only player on the Giants who has more than one touchdown reception this season, and he has two? Is that correct? That would be correct. So Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle, has as many touchdown receptions as any player on the Giants this year besides Evan Engram. (laughs) He has more than Kadarius Toney. He has more than Kenny Galladay. You said this earlier, Nuno, and I looked it up because I said he has to have misspoken. (laughs) He has more touchdown receptions this year than Kadarius Toney and Kenny Galladay combined. I mean, this is it's more of a train wreck than I realized. I've been so fixated on my frustrations with my own team and with the Bears and Justin Fields and everything. I haven't focused in enough on just how bad this really has been, but it has been really bad. They're terrible. That, that's why when you keep asking the question or, or keep saying that it would not necessarily be fair to fire Joe Judge, my question back to you is, what has he demonstrated that he deserves to keep the job? Because he's, only, he's, he's coached there for a year and a half. Let's bring Rothenberg in. Dave, I, I want to give you the floor. Dave Rothenberg hosts early mornings on ESPN Radio New York, and I always like to say, not even jokingly, he is to the Giants as I am to the Jets, as you are to your team. He's a crazed and passionate fan, and I mean that in only the best way. So, so Dave, and, and, and I heard what you said this morning. You want everybody gone, and, and I oh. get that. Do you, say, go ahead, say that again. Gone. Yes. <laughs> Only one word. Well, go ahead. L- let me not bury the lead here. You take the floor. Just just for those who've not heard your emotions this morning, please share them. Uh, firstly, I love this team, and, and I know that you understand what that's like, and I feel, and I tweeted this out last night, I, watching the Giants is now a chore. I will do it because I love them, and it's, it's just part of the fabric of who I am, but I hate them. And I don't know if people can kind of understand that. I don't know if you even understand that, of course Greeny, I but I— but I hate them. Like, I watch them with a venom. And I watch them, and, I'm, and, I'm, and they've made me despondent. Like, I don't even care. I, I, I went into the game last night, and there's this whole groundswell of, oh, you know, if the Giants can somehow win this game, all of a sudden they're four and six, and they're going to be a game out of, you know, the postseason, and there's seven teams in the, in the NFC and AFC that make it. And the Giants, no. How dumb can you be? They stink. They've stunk for years. This is a horrendous organization. The offensive line is an embarrassment. The GM should go into witness protection. Uh, I, I actually agree with Hembo. Like, well, what what has Joe Judge done? His signature win is a game in Seattle with Colt McCoy. Well, Seattle, you say that's a tough place to play. There weren't even fans in the stands for that game. <laughs> So I, I don't I don't know that I can sit here and then uh, well they, they they haven't been healthy right I mean Saquon Barkley hasn't been healthy and Kenny Galladay hasn't been healthy and Kadarius Tony hasn't been healthy well they were all healthy last night and Andrew Thomas was out there and the Giants put up ten points seven of which came on a five yard drive I don't know what else there is to say all I wanted all I wanted was to just compete in the game last night and they can't even give me that so. Like I said, done, gone, frustrated, furious. You pick the adjective. That's how I and I think most Giants fans feel right now. I love it. I, I, Dave Rothenberg with us here. He, here's what I was saying. And, I, and because what you don't want your team to do is fall into the trap that some teams, including mine, fell into a decade ago. If you're going to fire the general manager, you have to fire the coach too. The, the, and here's the reason why. What I was trying to say was I don't know that on – 
in a vacuum, Joe Judge has done enough that I would say you have to fire him. He's been the coach for a year and a half. There have been some ups and downs. There were moments in time last year where I thought I was encouraged by him Mm -hmm. watching it from a distance. So I'm not sitting here saying, oh, he is so bad you have to get rid of him after two years. But here's what I am saying. That there was a moment in time when the Jets decided to keep Rex Ryan and fire Mike Mike Tannenbaum. And that was the biggest mistake. And of all the mistakes they've made in the last decade, that was the biggest. Because then no one wanted that job. You can't go out and get someone with options who, to run your football operation. I'll just use Lewis Riddick as the example here because I love Lewis. But whoever it is you want to bring in here, this is a fairly attractive job because it is a New York team. People are interested in the Giants' heritage, even if they haven't sort of lived up to it in recent years. You have two first-round picks that both figure to be pretty high in the draft. So it's a pretty attractive job. But you don't want to tell that guy, and this is who your coach is going to be, because I think you're greatly limiting your options. That's how the Jets wound up with John Idzik, and they are still paying for that. And that, to me, is the single biggest reason why I think if you clean house, you got to clean the entire thing, Dave. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and here's, I think, maybe the, the route and the tack that you can take. Maybe you, you find, because we all know that Gettleman is, is gone, right? There's mm-hmm. just zero chance that he returns. Maybe you identify the GM that you love. You fall in love with the guy. You love his vision. And you offer it. Listen, we'd like you to take this job on. If Joe Judge is a head coach that you like, then you keep him. If he's a guy that you don't and you want your own guy, then you relieve him of his duties. If Daniel Jones is a quarterback that you like, then you keep him. If he's not, then you find yourself a new quarterback. You have to have confidence in one guy and believe that that GM can make the right decisions. And that is what I would do. Find the GM, identify him, and then whatever he wants to do, abide by it. How about Daniel Jones? That's the last thing for you here. You know, I saw a very interesting video. I'm sure you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. Brian Baldinger tweeted a video um, that I saw of, like, just one play last night in which the quarterback has zero chance. A three-man rush gets through. He's getting obliterated by Indomitian Sue when the Buccaneers are rushing three guys. In the meantime, the Giants have three receivers that are basically running into each other five <laughs> yards downfield. It's like a Keystone Cops routine. That's great. Yeah. I, I, I know it's what you saw the video. Why, why is Hembo just like they're giggling? Can but, I ask you that? Is because he, is he's he like an the Eagle fan. What's going on here? He's an Eagles fan. He yeah, hates I, the Giants. I know. Mm-hmm. So he's, he, he, finds the, he finds your pain funny. I mean, that's what's <laughs> happening here. Uh, there's no beating around the bush. He's amused by your suffering. That, that's why he's laughing. But anyway, I, I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, have you made up your own mind, independent of anything else? If you were that person, if John mm-hmm. Marrow were to call you and say, Dave, in what can only be described as something of an upset, the football genius that I'm entrusting <laughs> my franchise with is actually you, and you can make up your own mind about this coach and this quarterback, what would you do? Well, a couple things. Firstly, I think that the fan base would be very excited by that because mm-hmm. I think it's an upgrade of what they, they have going on uh-huh. now. Uh, and I would move on. I Listen, Daniel Jones... I think he has the the it factor for New York. I think he's he like his persona is very New York centric, right? Eli had that just a great demeanor. He can handle New York, but the thing is, I just don't think he's that good. And I know that the offensive line is a disaster, but I mean, very few times have I watched Daniel Jones in his in his tenure here with the Giants and thought to myself, boy, this is a this is a special quarterback. I mean, you had it against the Bucks in maybe his first ever game. Maybe one or two games besides that, but I haven't seen a lot of that. And I get it, the offensive line is bad, but really, really good players, really, really good quarterbacks find ways to to be that player. 
in spite of having a subpar offensive line. So, no, for me, I, I've said it, and we started this conversation with it. Gone. Everybody gone, and I hope that Hembo falls down on his way to his car later today. <laughs> You're the best, Dave. Thank you very much, my friend. I'll see you around. Later, All right, take care, Greeny. That's Thanks. Dave Rothenberg on the Goodyear Hotline with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. See, this is what I like bringing to the air, and this is why I'm so frustrated about Baker Mayfield because, you know, and I had this fight once with one of the Jets coaches, and that's why I have no relationship with the coach of the Jets ever. Uh, because um, one time one of the people who was the, one of the head, was the head coach of the Jets, someone whom I have come now to be very close to and like very much, got mad at me for something I said and, and was like, you know, Greeny, you act like this means more to you than it means to me. And here's what I said. I said, no, I get it. This is your career. It's not mine. But here's what I will tell you. Before you were with the Jets, you were with that team and then that team and now this team and next you're going to be with another team. And me, I was sitting in that same seat the whole time. I was there before you got here, I'm here while you're here, and I'll be here after you're gone. So on some level, it does mean more to me than it does to you. I understand this is your job and it isn't mine. But don't sell short what it means to me. Because if it didn't mean so much to me, you wouldn't be living the life that you were living. Now, and, and for that reason, I do not ever allow myself to develop a relationship with anyone who was the coach of one of the teams that I care that much about because I just don't think that's a, a healthy place for me to be. I don't want my opinions to be influenced by that. Everyone has, can do that their own way, however they choose. The point is that, well, I forget what the hell I was saying now. What, what, what was the point I was leading up to there? I just got myself sidetracked completely by that. Oh, Baker Mayfield. Baker, yeah. So Baker Mayfield, you know, when he's asked about the fans booing him. Those are probably the same fans that won't be quiet while we're on offense and trying to operate. So don't really care. No, shut up. I mean, come on. What a stupid, ridiculous thing to say. I mean, that's just that's it's it's just terrible. How can anyone hear that and not be like, oh, shut up. How much are you paying the fans out there to do their job? How much are they getting paid to do their part in all of this? Those are the people who pay your salary and buy the car insurance that you're selling on TV every four and a half minutes. So, look, I like Baker. I, I, I'm not an anti-Baker guy. I did a whole essay about how – and I, to me, Baker has been hurt all year long. That's been by far their biggest problem. He's just too hurt to play. I actually think he's better than I think most people think he is. But you can't say that. My God. I hope, I hope that after this – whatever frustration he's feeling dies down, that he says – you know what? My bad. I shouldn't have said that. Mm. Like, I really, and I hope he means it. I hope it's not just that people get to him and say, hey, you don't want to do that. The people from all your endorsements and everyone else aren't going to like it. Because that's not, I hope he means it. Like, I hope he thinks about it and he's like, you know what? I shouldn't have said that about the fans. Like, I get it. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm mad. The fans have a right to be frustrated too. I, I hope he gets that. Because I, it may not sound like it, but I actually do like him. I like Baker. I've met him. I like him. Um, so I, I hope that in a moment of clarity, he kind of recognizes the error of his ways. What are the chances that happens? Any? Yeah, I think there's some chance. What he, you, he seems self-aware enough to If me. he says it, though, will you buy it? Or will you think that someone just got to him? You know? I, I, I'll buy it. I, I he seems somewhat genuine to me. Nuno, will you buy it? If, if, he, if he comes to that sense, will you buy it? Or will you think it's just what he's supposed to say? Nope. People show their true colors during adversity. And he's showing his true colors. That is exactly the answer I expected from Nuno. All right, coming up next, the most controversial decisions in the history of one sport 
are about to be made. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So in one second, I'm going to get into the most controversial decisions that one sport has ever made, which are on the verge of being made. But first, we have to get to the bottom of one quick thing. We're having a little talk during the commercial break. It doesn't matter what it was about. Hembo, there is a football team that plays in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Can you please say the name of that team? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Will you say just the second name there? Just the what? second. Just say it again. Jaguars. 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 How are you spelling that? J a g u a r s. How are you getting Jaguars from that spelling? It's just how you say the word. No, it is not. Not, not, ev- not every about? word is said is there exactly a car, how it's spelled. Is there a car, a very expensive, fancy car that has a bit of a reputation for sometimes, uh, you know, having mechanical problems? What is the name of that car? Jaguar. Get out of here. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I may have to ask, do you, do you honestly say Jaguar? It's a, yes, because like, that's how they say it in the commercials. Like, it's like usually a British lady she says Jaguar. No, the car is a Jaguar. There's no, an no, animal. No. There's an animal running around. The like, car like a cheetah. is is <laughs> no no no. You're saying it wrong. Like, there's only there's three ways to say the word and, and jaguar. Jaguar is how you say the football team. No, it's not. Jaguar is how you say the car. No, it's not. With 100. percent What's the, the third, third way? The way that you're saying so incorrectly. So what's the animal? How do you say the animal? Jaguar. So the animal is jaguar. Yes, the football team's mascot's an animal. It's a jaguar, and the car is a jaguar. That's ridiculous. It's, go it's find ridiculous. a commercial, Bubba. Go find a YouTube it's commercial for me. It's infuriating to me that he says it that <laughs> way. Jaguar. Right? I mean, Bubba, seriously, do you feel like we, And Bubba, many of you may not know this, but Bubba was a, a, um, a, an English professor of great repute. And actually, uh, do you have a, a PhD in that or a master's? Which one is it? I just stopped a PhD. I uh, gave that, up. Because of people like him, I'm like, I can't do it Correct. Anymore. And, and a lot of it was about the linguistics of it and the pronunciation, a very specific pronunciation and the derivation of these words and where it comes from. How can you say jaguars? Jaguar. I mean, some, I feel like sometimes Hembo is not living on the same planet we're right. living on. That's it's, not the word. It's, the, That's it, how it's said. That's how it's it, the animal. Not on this earth. U-A-R is a hard combination of letters for no. you know, the lay person to say. Try it. J- what do you mean a lay person? What, what, what professional is there at saying that? I mean, what is <laughs> professional the professional jaguar sayers? Jaguar. Jaguar. It's a jaguar. Jaguar. That's not, that, there's no W in jaguar. Like, it's U-A-R. Like, you're not actually saying each letter. You're oh, doing this wrong. This infuriates Jaguar. Me. If, it, if it wasn't for the fact that I have a story I'm really interested in getting into, I would really be upset by this. But let's get to this. Major League Baseball or the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot has been released. Is that correct? That's correct. It has been sent to the members of the Baseball Writers Association of America who are going to make 
the most controversial series of decisions in the history of this body and of this museum. First timers on this ballot include Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz. Players in their last year on the ballot include Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, and Sammy Sosa. Of all of those, so how many names did I just read? Six? Mm-hmm. Five of them, it seems to me, were it not for any controversy or anything attached to their names, would be slam dunk, nothing to talk about, first ballot Hall of Famers, and there would be no reason to even have a conversation, right? All of them but Schilling. Schilling's career, I think, is a little less obviously a Hall of Fame career than the other five. Do you agree with that? I do, but he still has a very strong case. No, no, I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. My point is, Schilling is a half a step down. I mean, A-Rod is a, 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 one of the great shortstops of all time with 700 home runs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Barry Bonds has every record that there is. Roger Clemens was the greatest pitcher since World War II. Sammy Sosa hit 60 home runs in three consecutive seasons. All right, so, so I mean, were it not for all of the obvious questions about all of them, they mm-hmm. would all clearly be in the Hall of Fame, as would Ortiz, whose numbers are not what those guys are, but his postseason numbers and everything else. I mean, he's one of the great clutch legends oh, he yeah. would clearly be in. Mm-hmm. And to me, Schilling, I agree with you. He is a Hall of Famer. I believe he is. He's one of the great big game pitchers of all time. I believe he would be a Hall of Famer. But I'm going to ask right now. we got a ballot of six, and I'm going to go around here. And Hembo, I will start with you. This is my ballot. This is your ballot. Okay. Of those six names. So we have Sosa. I'm not putting them in any order. Sosa. A-Rod, Ortiz, Bonds, Clemens. Am I missing one? One, Schilling. uh, Schilling. Schilling. Okay, so six names. Let's just see what what percentage of the vote these guys get here. Again, last year on the ballot, Sammy Sosa, does he get your vote? No. Why not? Because in my judgment, Sammy Sosa was not anywhere near a Hall of Fame player without performance-enhancing drugs. Okay, that's a no. Alex Rodriguez. No. Because... Because not only did he cheat, he cheated after Major League Baseball began testing and was suspended for an entire season because of it. David Ortiz. Yes. Because? David Ortiz had 500 home runs. He has 600 doubles. He's the best clutch hitter in postseason history. And his steroids connection are, are much more sort of hearsay yeah. yes, than, than someone like A-Rod. For so example. not disproven, but not proven on the same level. Correct. Okay. Barry Bonds. Yes. Because he's the greatest hitter of my lifetime and he's the greatest hitter of anybody's lifetime. Well, he's the greatest hitter since Babe Ruth. And for my money, he was a Hall of Famer, even without steroids. OK, you're you're you're. But which of those two things is the reason you're putting him in? If you didn't believe he was the greatest hitter of all time without if you didn't believe he was a Hall of Famer without the steroids, would you still put him in? No. OK, so no, that's the part and parcel. Correct. So the fact that before his head Grew, <laughs> exploded. exploded. You believe he was a Hall of Famer? Yes, I do. Clemens. Clemens is also a yes for me for the effectively the same reason. Probably the best pitcher <clears throat> since World War II, like you said. And again, he and Bonds are almost penalized because they were so much greater than their peers in an era in which cheating was so prevalent. And finally, Schilling. Schilling is a yes for me. Schilling, like you said, is one of the great big game pitchers of all time. And we know he didn't cheat the game, or at least we assume he did not cheat the game. And all the extra stuff, I can sort of plug my nose while I, while I check the box next to his name because he was such a great pitcher. Okay, fair enough. Let me then turn to Nuno. We got another uh, ballot here. Nuno, we'll go through these with you here a little bit more quickly. 
Sosa, yes or no? Nope. Because not good, not good enough. Okay, A Rod. Yes, hmm. I think so. I think yes, because I can say, were you a Hall of Famer? And this will be the same thing for Bonds and Clemens. Were you a Hall of Famer before you got caught up in the steroids? Hmm. And if it, the answer is yes for me, then it's yes on that ballot. And, and were you a Hall of Famer? Even if you hadn't used them. I mean, Alex, just, you know, I'm not putting words in your mouth. Poppy. This one's a tough one because he, you know, he was on the Mitchell Report, right? And it's just like, mm-hmm. and allegedly it never happened again. Um, I, I can't say he, he, for me, he wasn't a Hall of Famer before he got, before the steroids. So he's not a... He's not a Hall of Famer after. So before he got to Boston, that's, remember, he was a, it was a cast-off from Minnesota, right? And then he went to Boston that's right. and turned everything around. And then finally, Kurt Schilling. Uh, yes, he's, he's won enough big games to, that he deserves to be in the Hall of Famer. All right, I'm going to pause on that. We'll come back and we'll get Bubba's perspective on all this. I'll give you mine. And then I want to throw open the phone to yours. This is happening right now. And for four of these guys, this is it. Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, Sosa, if not now, then never. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If it was your ballot, who gets in? Your call's next, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so if you're just joining us, let me set up where we are. So I, I pointed out how this is the most consequential year in the history of baseball's Hall of Fame ballot because in their first year of eligibility, you have Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz, each of whom has been in different ways connected to performance-enhancing drugs, both of whom are otherwise definitively slammed on Hall of Famers. And then maybe more importantly, or at least more urgently, you have four all-time greats who will fall off the ballot if they don't make it in this year. Barry Bonds, I think the greatest hitter ever. If you just take everything he did on face value, right. which no one does, but <laughs> if you did, he'd be the greatest hitter of all time. That's right. Roger Clemens, who I think is the greatest right-hand pitcher of the post-World War II era. Mm-hmm. Sammy Sosa, who set all kinds of numbers. Did he wind up hitting 600 home runs? Yeah, he hit more than 600. Yeah, he hit over 60 home runs in three straight years. And Kurt Schilling, who is not one of the, one of the like 10 great pitchers of all time, but is a huge big game pitcher. I would certainly put him in the Hall of Fame. 
uh, absent all the rest of that. So we're going through the names. Before we take your calls, let me go to Bubba on this. And I'm really interested to hear from Bubba because if you've heard of the Baseball Writers Association of America, Mm. many people may not know this. Bubba was actually a founding member of that. Bubba helped organize the Baseball Writers Association Association of America, covered all the legendary greats back in the first class, Joe DiMaggio, all that kind of stuff. So Bubba has seen it all. Mm. So Bubba, let's do your ballot. Sammy Sosa, yay or nay on your vote? No. That's three no's from our group. Get him out. Alex Rodriguez, yes or no? No. Caught too many times. Get him out. That's two no's and one yes from our group. David Ortiz. Yes. Greatest DH in the history of the game. That's two yeses and one no from our group. Barry Bonds. Yes. The that's, greatest hitter. That's three straight yeses okay. from our group. Mm. Clemens. Yes. Three straight yeses. Schilling. Uh, yes. And I would say an, an adequate yes. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. People are holding him out because they don't like him as a person or they don't agree with his politics. That's ridiculous. I think that's absurd. Okay. Fair enough. And so Bubba has spoken. Let's go to the calls. I'll save my thoughts for after a few calls here. Let's get a couple of callers in here. What does your ballot look like in this of all years? I've always found this to be a fascinating topic and it's the fans I want to hear from. Bubba, who's first up? Yeah, we're going to start with Mike. Mike, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Bubba, Mike, who gets in? Uh, Schilling and Bonds. That's and that's it. it. Why, why, why Bonds but not Clemens? Uh, Bonds did. Bonds was too talented. Was was talented. Showed that he uh, was able to maintain it. Clemens had such an extended period of downtime uh, before he started juicing mm-hmm. that it really extended his career. When we look at his total numbers, so many of them, second year in Toronto on, have to be tied directly to his steroid use. If you look the three or four years prior to his breakout in, in Toronto, he was on the scrappy. And I just think he would not have had these total numbers that everyone marvels at if not for the steroids. Let me ask you a question. The A-Rod no, is that because it's its first year or would you never vote for him? He got caught too many times. Okay. Way too many times. Yep. And then Sosa was just, I don't think he was ever the player that the steroids made him. Um and David Poppy is just me being petty and petulant. He dissed Tom Kelly in his book. So that's all that is. <laughs> okay. Mike, I appreciate the call. That's well done. It's a great way to get us started. Bubba, who's next? Next up, we have Bob. Bob, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Bob, who gets in? Uh, Ortiz and Schilling get in. Everybody else out. Mm. I'm a pretty black and white kind of guy. You cheat, you're out. Um, I will say I thought Bonds was a great player. Uh, I grew up a Braves fan, so it tickled me when Breen scored from second. But uh, Bonds is a close one, but he cheated, and I don't know when he started cheating, but I got to say no. You cheat, you're out. But and but that you put in David Ortiz because you just don't have the proof? Right. I Like, I didn't really – I didn't really even know about Ortiz until you guys brought this up. I didn't know he was tied to it at all. He, he is peripherally I've never read tied. The report. Yeah, L- let's make 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 sure we're. Thank you very much for the call, Bob. Let's make sure we are one hundred percent accurate and clear on the connections because some of these have been proven to some degree, others to different degrees. The connection with Ortiz was always peripheral. Yeah, so in 2009, there was a story in the New York Times, Greeny, you remember, that both Ortiz and his teammate at the time, Manny Ramirez, had turned up in that 2003 mm-hmm. on the list of players who tested positive for steroids. That, that was, was supposed to remain anonymous. It was supposed to remain anonymous, and it was in spring training of that year. That is David Ortiz's only connection to steroids. He obviously has vehemently denied it, and as recently as 2016, 
2016, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, said, we don't even know for sure if that was an accurate test because we had so many weird results in that subset. Okay, so I think it's really imperative that we be completely fair to all the names we're talking about here, inviting you to be a part of Greeny Nation, the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up. Fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to David. David, read me your ballot. Who gets in? Everybody gets in except Sosa. I just don't think – I know Sosa had a great career. I just don't think he's special. I hate to say the word special enough. For me, it doesn't have anything to do with steroids. For me, it just has to do with the fact, yeah, he was a great hitter. Uh, but I like everybody else. Um, the one that's making has it hard, but Bubba made a comment real quick about you can't talk about people off field. I never liked uh, Barry Bonds and the way he treated people and the way he treated the uh, media. Uh, but as far as being a great hitter, you know, you can't beat that. So if you take away my thoughts about what he was like off the field, I think he stays in. But uh, Sosa would be the only one I'd keep out. That's fair. You know, I was in Chicago when Sammy Sosa came up. And he came up, I, I, I know I'm not telling some, well, whatever. I'll just explain it for people who are not old enough to remember. He came up on the south side of Chicago. He was on the White Sox. He got traded for, if I'm remembering this off the top of my head, because I was working there at the time, for George Bell, Right. Did yes. he get traded for Bell? In 92. And Bell went to the White Sox and helped that team win a division. That team wound up winning back at a time when there were only two divisions. So they played in the ALCS and lost to Toronto, if I'm remembering this correctly. And Soso went to the north side as a skinny kid. I mean, Soso was a talented, mm-hmm. ebullient, you know, 30-30 guy. And then all of a sudden, one year he went away and he came back and he looked like an entirely different human being. <laughs> And prior to that, he was a, a, an up-and-down player, a streaky hitter, fast, athletic, all that kind of stuff. But I, for those who are saying they do not believe he was the Hall of Famer that Bonds was before his transformation, that's accurate. Yeah, I, mean, I think had, that's clear. He had averaged 23 homers per season from 89 to 97. Right. And then obviously then he hit 66. And then he hit 66. He went away, he came back, and he just was like three times the size of the man he had previously been. <laughs> Baba, who's next? We have G. All right, G, you're on with us here. G, give me the ballot. What do you say? Well, I just... Uh... For me, it's just Bonds and Sosa on that list. I can give Clemens and Schillings a pass, but most importantly is the Baseball Writers of America probably forget what the stands look like before McGuire and Sosa started hitting them home runs. Mm-hmm. And so without McGuire, without Sosa, and then the following year, Bonds saying, I'm the best player in this game. Let me do steroids too so I can have them talking about me. This game probably isn't anything even remotely close to what we see today. And the baseball writers of America sat on their hands and watched everybody get bigger and bigger and didn't have a thing to say about it then. Now, all of a sudden, they're trying to keep them out of the Hall of Fame. Get rid of the BBWA, put the guys in the Hall of Fame who belong it, and then have people vote who actually know about baseball. Okay, fair enough. I, listen, I appreciate the, the, the opinions there and all that kind of stuff, even if I don't fully share them. I think most of the writers that I've known over the course of my career, and I was a reporter before I came to ESPN, um, and most of the writers I knew were the Chicago reporters, they take this very seriously. I don't have to agree with them to respect how important it is to them. Mm-hmm. And every time someone says other people should be making these decisions like Hall of Fame and MVP and all this stuff, and I get it, it's complicated because there's money tied into some of these. Um, I don't have a better idea. Like, I don't have someone better who should be. These are the people whose job it is to cover the game. They are not the custodians of the game. 
Their job is to catalog. Their, their job is to write the history of the sport. Um, and so sometimes I do think that they go a little bit too far with how protective they are of this stuff. But I do respect each of their right to their opinion. All right. Thank you for the calls. I'm going to give you what I think now. Sammy Sosa, Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, Barry Bonds, and Roger Clemens. Put Schilling in an entirely different bucket. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with Schilling immediately. I absolutely would put Kurt Schilling in the Hall of Fame. I, I cannot put into words how strongly I disagree with almost all of the public things I've heard him say. I further cannot put into words how little I think that should have to do with whether mm. he is a baseball Hall of Famer or not. I, I, in fact, can't even fathom the arrogance of a person making a decision based on that. I don't, I don't like, this is now me talking, I don't like his politics, I don't. What the hell does that have to do with anything? He, we're, we're, we're judging him as a ball player, and he either was or wasn't a Hall of Fame pitcher. And to me, he definitively was. So he goes in a separate category. The other five guys, if you read my first book, which was called Why My Wife Thinks I'm an Idiot, which I wrote, I want to say, and I wrote it over the course of a three-year span, but I, the, the steroid part of it, there's a, there's a whole thing in it about steroids that I wrote. And in that book, and I, I want to say I wrote this in about 2002 or 2003, right around the time Canseco's book first came out, and this became the topic that it did, and Mike and I talked about it every day on the radio forever. And in that book, I wrote that no player who is connected to steroids should be allowed in the Hall of Fame, that you are a disgrace to the sport, that don't tell me you love the game if you would cheat it. I wrote all of those things. And over the course of the last 20 years, my mind has changed on that completely. And I've talked about this in the past. The reason it did is because I believed then that something like 5 to 8% of the players were cheating. We're using performance-enhancing drugs, gaining an unfair advantage, and throwing into a state of chaos the natural order of the sport. That's what I thought. I was wrong. We will never know exactly what the numbers are, but if I had to bet on it right now, I would bet the numbers were a lot closer to 50% than they were to 5%, and maybe more than that. And so it is my opinion that in the absence of being able to throw out this guy's achievements and that guy's achievements and understand anything, I would put them all in. So if you're asking me would I vote for Sammy Sosa, yes, I would, because I'm judging his career for what it was. Do I believe he used steroids? Absolutely. Do I think it had an enormous impact on his great and his, the numbers that are putting him in the Hall of Fame? I absolutely do. But I cannot sit here and distinguish between him and the pitchers that he was hitting off of, and I also cannot say that if you were as distasteful, unethical, and immoral as you cannot help but find the cheating to be, that if you were a player in that era and you saw everyone else doing it, I cannot sit here and throw stones at people who would say, I'm not going to make a living in this sport. I'm not going to be able to achieve in this sport. I have to keep up with the Joneses. It was not policed as well as it could have been or should have been. It was far too pervasive in the sport for me to start crossing out one player and not another. Mm. So I would put in Sosa. I'd put in Alex. I'd put in Big Poppy. I'd put in Barry Bonds. I'd put in Roger Clemens. I'd put in Rafael Palmero, even though he lied to Congress and pointed his finger. All those things are distasteful. But in my opinion, I have come to the conclusion 
that the sport was so overridden by this problem in that time that I cannot start sitting here and picking out, well, I'm not putting him in because he did it more. I'm not putting him in because I know this for certain. I'm not putting him in because he didn't start it until December 9th. Who the hell knows when people were doing what? And that, I think, to me, is the answer. Hey, Bubba, what's the football team that plays in Jacksonville? Jaguars. What's the name of the car that people drive every now and again? Uh, Jaguar. Yeah, because we're American. All right, Hembo? So if you're going to say Jaguar Jaguar. ever again, then go get yourself a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich and get out of here. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.